You're listening to Radio Influence. Alrighty, it's 4th of July. Hope you had a good one. Hope you're having a good week. Uh, did you travel? I know it was a busy, 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 busy travel. 4th of July, the busiest in years. Even with the gas prices, man, people got to get out. We've been stuck in our homes for so long. And just I hope you're having a great 4th of July holiday week. Uh, I got some traveling. My family, we're going to be going to uh, Georgia. My daughter's going to a sleepaway camp for a couple of weeks. We'll be up. We'll be back. We'll be this. We'll be that. I got a little surprise from my wife. She doesn't even know, so I can't even tell you guys, Uh, but hopefully it's going to be a good summer. And you know what? I actually kind of like that we've got this lull before football. You know, I mean, absence makes the heart grow fonder. When you don't have it, boy, when it comes, and I'm talking about, isn't that right? You know what I mean? If you had it year round all the time, I don't know, man. But anyway, anyway, right now we're in the heart of the summer. And what I'm going to do is I got, I got a couple of stories. I got things that are going on. I'll hit you on the back end. This is the rock stops here. I interview in person celebrities, athletes, former athletes, coaches, entertainers. How did you make it to the top? How did you make it? Today, we're going to switch it up a little bit. Racing season, IndyCar season. We're about halfway through now, a little bit past the halfway mark. I'm talking to two young drivers on the IndyCar circuit, very young, enthusiastic, great attitudes. Wait till you hear this. Tatiana Calderon, she speaks three languages, okay? She's from uh, uh, Colombia, uh, and she said it's really different between Formula One or a different country between racing, you know, in a different country in the United States. Uh, but she's got a great attitude. And Kyle Kirkwood, who is a rookie, both are with A.J. Foyt. Um, so I've been saving these. And it's not about like the X's and O's. It's not about the IndyCar series. It's this. It's really what makes them tick. They have different backgrounds. How did they get into this? How did they, at such a young age, make it to IndyCar? And very interesting. So we'll do that on the back end. If, if sometimes maybe some of these interviews are like, all right, that's not my thing. Just you can scroll past and I'll, I'll hit you with a bunch of stories of what's going on. Because I did read... I did read this week when they do research on podcasts and from what I have been able to learn is the reason why you come to listen to certain podcasts is because you want to hear the person, the host. It's not always necessarily the guest. Now, the way I look at it, the top podcasters, the Joe Rogans, the Mark Marins, yeah, it's them, but it's also their guests. They're not doing Zoom interviews. They're they're sitting down, finding out what their guests how they how they how they tick. That's me. I love to interview people, and especially people that have been successful. So I'm going to continue to do it. It's the rock stops here. Where am I going to stop? I'm going to be going to Pennsylvania in a couple of weeks. I'm going to sit down with Joe Madden. Oh, I cannot wait, and some other big big names. But anyway, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. This is about Kyle Kirkwood and Tatiana. Calderon. Uh, she speaks three languages. She's from Colombia. Very, very interesting. 
and the only female, I believe, this season. We're halfway through the IndyCar season. I think she's the only uh, woman, girl, that's been uh, in IndyCar racing in the big series. But anyway, without further ado, let me get to my guests, and then I'll hit you back in on, on some of the different stories and things that are going on and what I got going on and all this jazz. All right? All right. Let's do a little, let's, let's do a little IndyCar racing. Here we go. Let's go to my man. Having a really, really good year for a rookie. The one, the only, Kyle Kirkwood. All right, well, you've been on a lot of podiums for a uh, young guy, and uh, I know you've got to be pumped up. Where does your, just listening to you and seeing, and, and you know, you got a passion for this sport. Where, where, where does that come from? Did that come from when you were really, really little? Uh, what about it? So my family actually has zero racing background. Um, so the passion doesn't come from that. My family is actually, my dad was a professional soccer player, and so was my brother. So I was actually in soccer, playing soccer at the time that I was karting. We, we, um, I started karting when I was five years old, but um, it was just a hobby. We didn't know much about it, didn't know that it took you off anywhere. And I'd say the, the point of where I realized that this could be a career was in 2012 when A.J. Allmendinger um, sponsored me through his scholarship program in Waldinger Racing, um, where I represented Shell Pennzoil and Penske, um, as well as A.J. Allmendinger and Karting, and um, everything kind of took off from there and won a ton of scholarships, and I realized that I could end up in a place like IndyCar. I always loved it as a kid, but I never thought it was very obtainable. Um, but now it's it's all come together, and it's a pretty surreal moment being able to race the NTT IndyCar Series in 2022. Yeah, and being able to do what you do, there's a lot that start out in this, and then they kind of give up because it's also big business. You got to get a team, you got to get the sponsorship. That's also part of it too. Has it has that been hard for you, or not really? So I've always had um, a different a different outlook on on out of it on all of it because I haven't had to push to get sponsorships i haven't had to put i've i've pushed to get race wins that's and win championships and because of those race wins and championships i'm able to get scholarships to move up into things so this year in NT, in, in the ntt indycar series i'll have a 1.25 million dollar scholarship that goes to the team to fund some of the racing so the sponsorship side of things and obviously return on investment in the lower categories isn't very much for how much it costs. Um, so fortunately for myself, that hasn't been much of an issue. And uh, now that I'm already into the big leagues and I've learned a lot of how some of these sponsorship, I've, I've been linked with manufacturers for the past couple of years. Um, I was under scholarship with Honda and then did some work with BMW through Andretti. Um, now linked up with Lexus in their IMSA program in the RCF GT3, which I actually just came from the Daytona 24 hour yesterday. Um, raced, I think my track time was about eight hours yesterday. So uh, I'm still a little bit tired. Had to drive over from, from Daytona this morning. And, but yeah, so I've, I've got a wealth of knowledge of how all the business side of things go. I ask this to all the drivers that are in this. Can you explain to us what it is like when you get behind the wheel, the race is about to start for us that will never experience anything like this? It's um, before the race starts, you get a bit nervous. 
that is a common thing, but every driver is different. So now guys like Will Power, Scott Dixon, I'm sure that they don't get very nervous before a race because they've been doing this forever, right? Um, but for a driver like me that's tr- still, even though this will be my first year in IndyCar, you still have a sensation that you're trying to make it. You need, you need to prove yourself, prove your worth. Um, so before a race, I still get nervous. But as soon as the engine starts, all those nerves go away. I don't know what it is, but ever since I was young, as soon as the engine starts, my nerves disappear and I'm just focused. Two more. Is there anything that you can tell us that are just watching from afar in about the sport, about driving, about the business, about anything? What, 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 what can you tell us that we might not be aware of? So the, the number one thing is how many people are involved in one of these races. Now everyone just sees a driver and what they're doing. And really as a driver, that's probably the least amount of work. That just comes from talent. You know, obviously over the years you have to put a lot of effort in. But while we're at the track, we're doing the least amount of work the crew that's all around and doing the pit stops they have to be so precise and making sure that they practice and they're it's very physical throwing around these big heavy tires and wheels and these wheel guns weigh 20 pounds that they're zipping the tires on and off and then we have engineers we have five or six engineers at all time looking at the car making sure everything's running properly they're running strategy they're non-stop on a computer they have to think a lot me i'm just making sure i hit my marks and then i let them bring the strategy around me um so that's one thing that that you never really see and being a part of an organization in dreddy autosport last year they had about 200 to 250 people i think inside their shop during the busy hours so it's a all these race groups that you have to have tons of people to make sure it's all working properly as if but on tv all you really see is just the driver what advice would you give to someone that maybe they just started go-karting, they want to do it, they, you know, what advice would you give? You're still young yourself, but what advice would you give? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, was, I was a young kid at once, too, and um, one advice that I got when I was very young from Rubens Barrichello and, and karting was to keep a level head. There was one race that he watched me and I got very upset over something. And he's like, you never show your emotions to your competitors. You never want to go up on podium. Even if you win, you don't want to go up on podium and just be like, look at me, look at this, look at what I've done. And cause then you just create enemies. Um, but when you do something bad or something happens bad, you also don't want to get upset too, because it upsets the team. It upsets the people around you upsets your fans and it upsets the competitors so you always want to keep a cool level head and that's how everything works out perfectly i think we can all learn from that best best of luck man and continued success thank you thank you you know really the story is at racing at this level whether it's nascar or especially indycar it's about sponsorships these teams cost so much. The cars, the equipment, the, the all the ones that work on the cars, all the behind the scenes, the travel. It's just really, really, really expensive. And you got to get the sponsorship. And most of them, that's their number one thing. But how about what Kyle said there? That's that's he's like, you know what? I didn't I didn't look at it like that, worrying about the sponsorship. I, my his thing was. I'm going to just win. I am going to win, and that will take care of sponsorships. And it's almost like me trying to get back in the business, this and that. Oh, I'm trying to get this, that. No, just put out great content. Be out. Cover the bucks. Cover the race. Cover the lightning. Be out in the field. Be out there. Do these podcasts. Do the best that I can. 
and then things will take care of itself. So, Kyle, even though I'm much older than you, I'm on the same wavelength, man. Just try to bring it. You're you're trying to win. I'm trying to bring you content. But I thought that was interesting by Kyle Kirkwood. All right, let's now, let me go over to Tatiana. Tatiana Calderon, uh, also with A.J. Foyt. Now, I don't know if she's going to be able to still, you know, A.J. Foyt Enterprises, they're debating. Should they keep it with her for the rest of the season? You know, she's young. We'll see. Um, but very interesting. You know, um, she can speak. That's what blows me away. She speaks three different languages. Uh, she, the training that she has to do. See, it's very, very physical. And I didn't even realize it until you talk to these drivers. Well, I don't want to give away uh, what she's going to talk about, but listen to what she says about what she's got to do because of the lack of lean muscle mass as a female compared to males and how physically draining this sport is. It is not easy being in, in, behind the wheel of these Indy cars. It really isn't. So anyway, without further ado, let's go to her. Let's go to Tatiana. And I appreciate this. Tatiana Calderon. Tatiana, so I know that you come from a family that was involved in racing, car dealerships. I know you started with karting and worked your way up to where you are now. Uh, you just love being in the car. You never wanted to work at a dealership or work in your family's business. Hey, uh, nice to nice to speak to you. And uh, thanks for the background check. <laughs> no, definitely. I think I, I could never picture myself behind a desk. Um, I've always been a sports lover and I'm really happy I discovered karting really early on in my life with, with nine years. And uh, since then, you know, my my passion and uh, love for this sport has grown so much and keeps growing. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky to, to call this my job. You know, when I was reading up on your background and the average fan might not realize just how physical it is to be behind the wheel in what you do. And you're five foot four. Um, I know that there was you even worked on like neck muscles. These are things that fans do not see. Correct. That's correct. Sometimes, you know, they, we have a but or different perception when you watch an onboard camera and if you see, you, it seems quite easy, but it's a, a lot of, there's a lot of intensity in when you're driving the car because there's a lot of mental stress as well. You have to be able to share your attention when somebody's talking to you on the radio, you're trying to uh, figure out what the car's doing. And on top of all that, these cars have no power steering. Uh, the IndyCar is, I think, one of the most physical uh, championships in the world because when you want to turn the wheel at more than 300 kilometers an hour, that thing is really, really hard. So um, I have to build a lot of strength in my upper body, in my neck, even your your legs. As a female, we have 30% less, less lean muscle than men. That's a fact. That's something we have to live with, but we have to compensate that with a little bit more training so um yeah i've been definitely training really hard since since i knew i was gonna drive in in the car and i'm sure it's gonna be tough because the first race is always the first time you're exposed to a lot of new things but i'm i'm really looking forward to it 
Uh, do you feel a sense of being a role model for uh, females, young young girls that may see you and say, you know what, I can do that? Do you do 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 you do you feel that responsibility? Uh, lately, I do, and it's. I think it more than a responsibility is like um, more motivation to um, to actually, you know, with social media these days, you connect with so many girls, parents around the world that they encourage you to to keep fighting for um, for their young girls that they want to start karting because they saw me on track, and that's um, something really nice that I can give maybe something back to the sport that has given me so much and to continue to open doors for women in this sport because I truly believe it's one of the only sports where we can compete in equal terms and I want more people to more people to know that and to have the possibility to, to start early because that's that's the difference I think sometimes in the family you know maybe they, they take the boys karting not the girls uh, initially but I think if we can start to change that perception we can see a shift in the upcoming years. Here's my last one. To where you are with your success, and I know there's plenty more success down the road, I always ask all of my guests, what advice do you give to a young driver? Maybe it's not only a female, male. What advice do you have? I think you have to dream big and not be afraid to um, for people to say no at the beginning, you know. I think um, you're capable of doing whatever your mind has pictured for you, and um, I think that's, that's that's how I see it. Like now looking back, like 10, 20 years ago, I was watching IndyCar, uh, watching Elio Castroneves, Scott Dixon, Juan Pablo Montoya. And today or this weekend, I will have the chance to compete against them. So I think you got to dream big. Thank you so much. Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, isn't that something now? There's no power steering. That's something that you wouldn't, the average fan. I, I know you die hard. If you're a diehard IndyCar fan or racing fan, you already know that. But there's no power steering. These, the speeds. When I was down at the the, uh, the race course in St. Pete and just being up close near that barrier, and I've covered that for many, many years. I've been all around that course. It just blows me away when you see it live, when you feel it, when you hear it through the engines, how fast, you know, boom, and they're going, you know, and on these street courses, and it's it's unbelievable. And then, like she said, there's no power steering. The mental stress, you're, 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 you're listening and talking on the radio. You know, you got to figure it out. With, with it's, uh, it's incredible. And how young. So my thanks to Kyle, uh, Kyle Kirkwood and Tatiana for doing the rock stops here. She does, we you know when she's training, um, she does her it's neck and legs and I think it's like isn't she I think she does some swimming I know she's a big tennis fan um yeah she, she would love her goal is to meet Serena Williams or Rafael Nadal and she was she she was just great man and it's just you know it's just really incredible she, she speaks Spanish English and German and German. I'm like, I got, if I tried to learn a second language, but to speak three. And then anyway, so it was really, really cool. 
Really, really cool. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, I was just thinking about it before I was doing this podcast. And for me, are you the same way? The older I get, the less chances I take in anything, you know, anything. Like my wife is on me to get someone to go on our roof and clean the roof, like to clean the gutters out and get up on that roof. It's got to be done every, you know, couple of months because the gutters will get backed up. We have so much rain during the rainy season here. And I still have been going up now. It's not like we, we don't have a second floor. It's all one, one, uh, one level here. Most of that's the way it is. Most of the houses in, in, in Florida and we don't have basements, but so I still go up on the ladder, but I make sure I'll call my wife or my daughter, hold the ladder. Or when I'm going to come down, that's the thing for me is coming down, stepping off that roof and coming down. And I'll always call on the phone from up there. Like, Hey, can you come out and like, you know, hold the, hold the ladder. Um, but she's like, why don't we just get somebody to do it? I, I, I should listen to her because God dang it. I know a guy not too long ago, he fell Another guy, very serious uh, brain injury, falling off a ladder. You hear about it a lot. And I'm, but I was just thinking, like, the speeds that they race, I guess that's why there's no older, older drivers. It's a young man, young woman's game. Um, I, just 20, year, 20 years ago, like, like it's nothing, 20 years ago, I was living in a little house in St. Pete. My best friend, Whitney Johnson, lived in... Uh, closer to downtown St. Pete. He's still living there to this day. I used to just get on my bike and I used to just cruise. I'd go see him. I'd go drink beers over his house and party and get on my bike and head on back. No helmet. I know. I, I admit it. I mean, it was when I was working at Bay News 9, I was pitching on baseball teams and thinking, I'm, you know, just boom, boom. I'm like, I'm on a bike. And there was one time where I did fall. I fell off it. And, um, you know, and now I don't even want to because, you know, they have what they call where I live here, the Pinellas Trail. Yeah, but you still got to put the bike on your vehicle and drive there because it's really far from where I live. Uh, and I don't like being on the streets, on the sidewalks, the cars. People are distracted. I'm distracted when I'm driving. I admit it. And see, you know, and, and I don't want to get hit or I don't want to hit a bump and I don't want to go over the handlebars and it's hot as hell. And I don't want to wear the helm. I, I, I'm not making excuses. I'm just telling you the truth. Like, so I'm like, no, I'm going to be on foot. I go to anytime fitness. I come back. Boom. I'm good. That's it. I'm good. <laughs> I'm not taking any chances. I don't take crazy chances diving in the pool and doing different stuff anymore. Is it me or is it just, ha does it just happen when you get older? The less chances. I don't want to have any chances. Again, I started thinking again, should I start picking up a baseball? Like I've had some friends that have done uh, a first pitch. You know, you get asked to be out at these games and throw a first pitch. And it's like, I pitched, you know, college, men's leagues, amateur leagues, year round for years, up to 44, had surgery on the shoulder, went back at 50, threw again in 18 and over, had to have a second surgery. And I'm like, 
I'm done. And I just don't throw overhand unless I throw the football with my son. He's 24, going to be 25. He's 25 here now. And he, uh, when he comes over, we'll throw the football. And that's about, football is not as much of a strain. You're throwing from your ear. It's it's different than throwing a hole like the the motion for a baseball. It is, it just is, and I don't have any pain in my shoulder. I'm a lefty. I have had pain in my shoulder or just a sore shoulder, sore arm from throwing my entire life up until I quit pitching. And do I want to start throwing again? I do. But I just don't want to mess or go in. And and you don't want to have an operation if you don't have to. I'll never forget Greg Schiano, the Rutgers football coach, the short-lived Buccaneer head coach. I got along with him good. I know there's Buccaneer fans that thought it was a... He wasn't the college game. It wasn't his... He's better right where he is. But I'll never forget... He was telling, I was doing an interview with him and it was asking about something about a player that haven't had surgery or going to have surgery or did. And Greg Schiano told me, and I always stuck with me, you'll never be as good as you were before the injury that caused you to, to have surgery. You'll never. Doctors always tell you, oh, the surgery went away. Well, great. Oh, you're going to be stronger. Oh, you're going to be. It's you're never. You're never. You're just not. So if you can avoid surgery, and especially now, because when I had my gallbladder operation going on like two years ago now, and it's sometimes it's the anesthesia. Like I've had a lot, I've had quite a few surgeries and usually the anesthesia doesn't bother me. There was one time where it did and I was getting sick to my stomach and did for the whole day after. And this last time I couldn't, uh, I couldn't pee. They don't let you go before you pee. And it was rough and it was for a whole thing. And I had a catheter and then I'm going to see one of those doctors and thank God. Now I go, no need to get too detailed here, but if I can avoid, I used to be like, no, I don't, surgery doesn't bother me. They do a great job. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Now I change. If I can avoid surgery, if I can avoid medication, I got to, I might try to get a new doctor. I'm not, no, this guy, whatever, whatever. But anyway, coming off the IndyCar interviews, the need for speed. uh -uh. I was never one of these guys that tried to uh, go fast real fast in my car. You know, I've, I've, I've known guys, you know, the peeling out, the burning rubber, the need for speed, going real fast. Nah, uh, that was never my thing. But now I ain't taking any unnecessary chances. Call me whatever you will. I want everything intact because things are going to start, they're breaking down anyway as you get older, right? So the last thing I need to do is speed up that process and have more problems, taking chances on things. All right. So as I mentioned, we're in our, we're in our summer season now. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that there's a break before football. I am because then, then when it comes, it's just like, ah, oh, football, there's something about football season. Now I'm from the Northeast and I loved the fall. October was always my favorite 
season. I try to, you know, be in that mindset here now. Sometimes it starts getting a little bit cooler in October. Then we hit November. But up north when the leaves turn. And you know, I was thinking about it too, is like, I'm from New Jersey. And when you're from New Jersey, like the the pro teams rule. Knicks, Nets, Devils, Islanders, Rangers, Giants, Jets, Yankees, Mets. It's pro sports. Yes, there's Rutgers. Yes, there's Seton Hall in basketball. But overall, it's a pro sports market. That's what it's. That's how I was raised. That's what I grew up. I'm a Jersey guy. That's what I. That's what I'm used to. But I did like since I've been in this business. I love covering college football, big time college football, sometimes not even big time college going on a college football campus. There's something about the pageantry the, the you always you hear the band, you know, when it's fall and it's college football. It's awesome. It's awesome. And the reason why I'm bringing that up, like I talk so much NFL and covering the Bucks, getting ready to cover the Bucks again with Brady and all that jazz. And here we go, here we go. And I went to the NFL Combine and the NFL owners meetings and, you know, the time. But I'll tell you, I miss covering big college football games and being on campuses. I miss that. I really, really do. And I was thinking before I started doing this podcast, I saw that Reese Davis, who's been at ESPN for a long time, he mentioned his favorite college game day destinations. And he said, basically, Clemson and any place in the SEC. He wanted to leave out his alma mater, Alabama, even though it's great there. But, you know, he went there, so he didn't want to make it look like, oh, I'm just being a homer. He said, Auburn, Clemson, and LSU. And I was thinking, I was like, damn, when I first came down here to Florida full time to live and work, 1994, January 1st, 1994. I drove from Denver, Colorado, Littleton, Colorado to here and had a little apartment south of Gandy, Lighthouse Bay Apartments. I worked at 970 WFLA Radio for Jack Harris and Ted Webb, and I did the sports. And then from there, Bay News 9, 18 years, a whole bit. But when I came down here, man, the Gators... The Knolls, the Miami Hurricanes, the Canes, they were it. And those programs, those games, either the Swamp, even the Tallahassee, the U, the U, I mean, oh, my God. I'm like, oh, my God, those programs have been so down. And then right here where where I am broadcasting from Tampa Bay, Florida, USF, you know, they were they were they were going to make their move. I was on the broadcast for a couple of years, Quentin Flowers. It was good. But just to see the empty stadium, you know, playing in the big stadiums, empty you know, the lower bowl, maybe you do have the sound of the band. That was kind of neat the cheerleaders and all that jazz and marching band and things, but still, and now USF, oh my God, they didn't make it into the big 12, you know, UCF did. They're going to be playing these really lower end schools that have no name recognition. It's going to be hard to bring in fans. It's just a shame. So like college football has not been a really, 
you know, on the radar here for me to either cover now, now usually things go in cycles, but overall, I just saw, I saw that about Reese Davis and I'm like, man, we had some good times. I, I'll tell you what, one of my favorite trips because Whitney Johnson is my buddy. And we used to hang, you know, he's married, he's got his own life now, I'm married with the daughter and a son, Andre up here, and, and we live like 35 minutes away, and so we just don't get together. But when we do, it's still a great time. It's just like he never left. And we were both single, both living in St. Pete. He was working at one radio station. I was working in at Bay News 9 and TV. We would cover the same games and practices and then we would hang and like i said i would ride my bike over or drive it was right down martin luther king we were boom sometimes there boom boom what great times and uh i miss that you know i i i, I do miss that um but i was wondering why the heck did i bring up whitney J now why did i just bring him up i have no idea I've told you many a time. I have Anheuser's. I admit it. I will forget things. <laughs> so I have no idea why I brought that up. But, oh, yes. Of all the things that I've covered, listen, the Super Bowl, when this Sap and Derek Brooks and Lynch and Rondé Barber, when they won it, we went to San Diego. I was working in local TV and thank you to my bosses. We spent money. We rented a satellite truck out of Arizona that drove to San Diego. And we had that satellite truck for an entire week parked in the parking lot of Qualcomm Stadium. I think that was the name of it, right? Where they play the Super Bowl that time, San Diego. And we just worked out of there and we had a news crew. We had a videographer, a producer. It was fantastic. And Whitney was in radio. Now radio didn't have the budget that we had, but we hung together the whole week. Same thing when the Rays were in the world series and Whitney kind of hung on with us. We had the money for the rental van and we would give him rides and this and that we hung together. But one of the most, and those are all great times, but one of the most fun trips that I've ever had, seriously, was a week covering the Sun Bowl in El Paso, Texas. Yep. The way they treat the media. Uh, and it was unbelievable. It was a, a nothing, nothing fancy hotel was the, was the media hotel. This was USF when they were coached by Jim Levin against, um, they had a really good running back. They got they got destroyed in the game. Uh, but the game didn't matter. It was the week that we were there. They had a hospitality room that always had beer, always had food. There was no pressure. It was a sun bowl. We did one or two stories a day. No big deal. We partied. We had a great time. Whitney at the time brought his laptop and set up uh, a music system that we would have in one of the hotel rooms. And 
That was one of the most fun weeks. And it wasn't a Rose Bowl. It was, believe me, I love going to the Rose Bowl. Oh, my God. It wasn't a Sugar Bowl. It wasn't a Cotton Bowl. It was the Sun Bowl. And just being out west, it was different. And I told this story on a podcast last year. So the chances of you listening to this story and already heard it is probably slim to none. But let me just tell you this. We traveled together. Same flight, I believe, Whitney was on. He was with the radio station. We were at Bainers Nine. We get a rental car because we had a lot of TV equipment. We drive from the El Paso airport right to the Sun Bowl. Now, we're right off the air, airplane from uh, TIA, Tampa, to El Paso. Get the rental car. We all get in it. I say, hey, Winnie, do you mind? We got to go to the Sun Bowl because we got to do a stand-up from there. We got to already, like, when you go on these work trips for a TV station, they're paying for you. So you can't just go there. Oh, I'll check into the hotel. Let me go down to the pool. Let me later go in the boat. No, you got to, like, have something by 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock. They've got 11 o'clock show. You got to bang out some stuff. So we did some intros, outros, right in the parking lot lot from the Sun Bowl. And in El Paso, that stadium is located, it's right in the mountain. And right from the parking lot and the mountain, you can see Juarez, Mexico. You can see it right there. There's a fence and you can see the houses are real small and ramshackle. Like it was just, you know, you can see it right there. And this is a true story. I swear to God, this is a true story. We get out of the rental car. We set up a tripod, a camera, light, this and that. Whitney's kind of hanging right there. I'm standing there, and I'm getting ready to do some ins and some outs for our 11 o'clock show. And I look over there in the parking lot, and there's a guy. I think he was a Mexican gentleman. And I looked at him, and he like, I saw him and he saw me and he, and he hid right behind the tree. It was just a tree. And I said, and then he ran and I said, Oh, look, look. And we had a guy, there was a guy that was there. I don't know if he was meeting us there. Like he was from El Paso. He was right there. Or was he, a, was he walking by? I can't remember. It's a long time ago, but he was right there. And I said, I just saw a guy right there and he hit behind the tree and he ran. He goes, he's a jumper. Oh, that's a jumper. I said, what's a jumper? He jumped a fence. He's coming from Mexico. He's a jumper. I said, wow. And I looked and he was gone. Like he was so good at hiding that he was just like, boom. And I'm like, welcome to El Paso. You know, three, four hours ago, we were in Tampa, Florida, and now I just saw a jumper who had come over from the fence over from Mexico. But I had heard all these stories about going over across the river and going over into Mexico for a night. I was too chicken. 
I don't want to get stuck over. I had heard all these crazy stories and they're like, oh, you can go to these shows. They got a pony show on stage with, you know what, uh, you know what I'm talking about and the stuff that was going on. You could see over there. And a couple of guys decided to go over just to see what it was all about. And I was like, no, I don't want to get caught. I don't want to get any chance of getting caught in a Mexican jail. I'm over here for Bay News 9 to cover the Sun Bowl. I'm like, what is my Catholic upbringing, strict upbringing coming across now? Am I just chicken? No, I'll take my chances partying here on on, on U.S. soil. I, I don't want a chance going over there. I heard all kinds of things about a Mexican prison and jail and things like that. But anyway, of all the things that I have covered, that was one of my one of my favorites was uh, the Sun Bowl. <laughs> and, and, and there you go. And you know what? You know what I am looking forward to. You know what? My wife does not listen to these podcasts at all. So if any, if there's anyone that's listening to this that knows my wife, do not ruin this little secret. But my wife went to the University of Georgia. She's a Georgia dog. She's a bulldog. She went to Countryside High School, which is located in Clearwater, Florida, not far from where we have settled in to this day. And she's much younger than me. And she had said that at the time, so many of her friends and classmates were going to go to either Florida or to go to FSU, and she didn't want to go to a Florida school. And so they visited the campus in Athens. She loved it. She went up there. She said it was okay. It was good. But, you know, she was in uh, journalism, uh, radio, TV, communications. She ended up great, man. She got an internship with uh, with the Olympic Committee. That was when, remember the guy had the bomb? Remember when the, they, they, they falsely accused that one guy, Richard Jewell? Remember the Olympics in Atlanta? Well, because Emily was going to the University of Georgia, she was able to intern and she interned with the Olympic Committee and worked the Olympics. She was the size of her. I have a little, I have a tiny wife. She was driving a, a, a cargo van and, and sh- shaf- chaperoning or driving around, uh, chauffeuring people around this and that. And then she got to know some people. She ended up uh, interning at the Today Show with Katie Couric in New York City, NBC, 30 Rock. How about that? And then she ended up going in the business and she was a news reporter for years and all that jazz and blah, blah, blah. She loves being a mom now, number one thing. And she's unbelievable. But anyway, she went to the University of Georgia. So... I have set up, she doesn't know it, but when we're going to drop off our daughter and we're going to go to Atlanta and then we're going to get a rental car, we're going to go up to North Georgia, drop our daughter off, off to this camp that she goes to for three and a half weeks. And then I'm taking Emily to Athens and we're going to stay right in little downtown Athens in a nice little place for two nights. And we're going to go all and see all the spots that she used to go to, uh, at the university of Georgia. And, and she, she, she has no idea. I got it as a, a little surprise. So anyway, if do not tell her, I know she, she's in the other room now. She doesn't even listen to these podcasts. So anyway, that's going to be kind of cool, but I'm looking forward to it. 
I see, I went to small campuses. I went to a St. Leo college in St. Leo, Florida, very small campus. And then I transferred because I missed New Jersey, believe it or not. Yup. I'm a Jersey boy. I missed it. And my friend, and I transferred to William Patterson, a division three school. And I pitched there, but, uh, and that was of a commuter school. And I just, and I was working in a fat 40 hours a week and blah, 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 blah. And I just, so I didn't really experience it as much as I wasn't a big, like the big, big, big university. We had a, we had a friend from high school that went to Ohio state, uh, Tim Roach. And he, he hitchhiked from Columbus down to Leo land. Life is grand in Leo land and party with us. He hitchhiked. Uh, but when you're 19 years old, man, you think you got the world by the balls, right? You're not, you're not worried about anything, man. You just, I hitchhiked for a little stretch. I worked at this place called Picatinny Arsenal and I thought it was cool. Stuck on my hand and then a couple times. Now, are you kidding me, man? But whatever, whatever. But anyway, so I'm looking forward to that. And, and seeing the campus. So I got a little college. Uh, I'm jonesing for a little college campus action here and just seeing, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? All right. Well, we'll, we'll about wrap up this bad boy um, next week. Now, we'll, like I always say, we'll see. You never know. In the can, I did sit down with, he is one half of the race play by play. And it is, uh, I had Dave Wills on a couple weeks ago, Andy Freed, and really, really cool. We sat down in one of the suites at Tropicana Field way before the game. Uh, nobody was around, and we just had the place to ourselves, and it was really, really a good conversation. So that's what I got scheduled for next week, but maybe I do have a couple of good football ones, but I'm trying to save them for a little bit later this month, right before training camp starts. We are just weeks away from NFL training camp, so we'll see. And like I said, I'm flying to Pennsylvania. I'm going to sit down with Joe Madden, but I shouldn't even mention that until it's in the can. I'm really looking forward to that. So that's coming up here in a couple of weeks as well. Listen, my thanks. Keep on listening, man. I appreciate. Try to spread the word. Subscribe if you're not a subscriber. That way it's easy. It comes right in your inbox. Boom. Every Tuesday morning uh, is the Rock Stops here. And uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate all my guests, and I appreciate you. I appreciate you guys. You have no idea how much you're keeping me sane, man. If I didn't have this, I'd go nuts. All right? So I'll talk to you next week. Have a great week, man. Let's enjoy this summer. See ya. I'm Jerry Petuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.